speaking of kitty porn clowns, I did have a question for you guys before we get like full Nolan on on this episode. Yep. Do we think that Christopher Nolan has ever had sex before? Like he has children, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's got like three kids. Yeah. I bet it's bad sex. Like very stoic. He's just no, British missionary for king and country in no, and out. No, no. Dude has a mirror. He's watching himself and like giving himself props the whole time. You think so? Yeah. Do you think that, he takes the he scarf off at any moment or like I bet I mean he's strict missionary. But I also I think he's the kind of guy that can take his pants all the way off. It's like the classic like white socks, pants around the ankles, like button down shirt, like Pooh Bear in it. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. And just we banging just have, her like we just have to rename that the Nolan. This Nolan in it, and it's just and it's like really slow. And, I got this girl. The other and like night, Michael Caine's right? there because he's always it. there. Yeah, just around. Yeah, it's I'm, just. Down I've got Abby. my cardboard cut out of Michael Caine with me, and I'm just strictly Nolan in this girl. Right? Start fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I bet Thank he's you. like, but Thank he's you. like, it's all about exposition. So he's like, and now I'm entering you, and this is the theme of why I'm entering you, and he explains and, it all. And now I let, am the protagonist. I am the protagonist. And now, now let's cut to when I met you in the bar two hours ago. Let's go back in time. He, he comes quick and he's like, let's go back in time before we I pre- a, print your jacket. We were having a conversation in the bar. We stopped mid-sentence and then we picked up 30 minutes later on the sidewalk. I was earlier, I was like, what if Matt went to take a nap and he just didn't wake up? I'm like, not died. Just <laughs> slept through his alarm. I was, like, I was like, I understand what you meant. I was but. like, I don't think he died. I'm just saying I've been there. I've slept through my alarm when I'm super tired. No, that's why I called you. I was like, I'm going to. That's what I was worried about is that Carrie's like, just take a nap. I'm going to take a nap for 20 minutes. And I was like, if I take a nap, there's a solid chance that I wake up tomorrow at like six in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've been there. I took a nap like three days ago and I was. I felt it coming on, and I was fighting. I was like, "Nope, I feel I can tell it feels too good." Turned off all lights in the living room, laid on the couch, just zoned out, and I was I was down deep for like two hours. Slept from like down five deep. to seven. No, you know when you have like fucking deep ass sleep, like you got full on dreams and shit. Like you wake up, you feel like sleep drunk. That's how I was. Yeah, and it was amazing. I don't like sleep drunk. Uh, I mean, it takes a while. I to had get a little out bit of, of that coming, before I came came over here. You're coming out of the wrong sleep stage. You're like waking up at the wrong right. time. Yeah, yeah, but. But still, it's it's nice to at least know that I got down there. Oh yeah, I got down into the uh, whatever level of inception. What's the bottom? Limbo. Yep, that was it. I was they like, had. They I was had like, names. I was like, I was like, grease stages. That's the fourth level. Limbo, grease stage of death like, between they, heaven I, and hell. Yeah, that shows. I need to rewatch that movie because uh, I haven't watched it in years. But like that movie, I love. I love that movie a lot. I'll, we should. I'll save it for the pod. I'd argue <clears> it's his best film. I think yes. so. Yeah, it's yeah. my favorite it's of his be- films. It's between that and Dark Knight, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Dark Knight's great. You know, best opening, fucking, it's up there for best ever. Yeah. Wait, were you gonna say best comic book opening ever? No, just best opening ever. Okay. Regardless. Nah, that's. Not. I mean, that's also incorrect. But I mean, even if we narrowed it to comic books, it's not as good as the fucking Blood Raven Blade. That's the best. Yeah. That shit shreds. It's also that, still one that, of my. That, that's, that's because also I was like 13 and super into vampires. So. Nah, man. No, it's still. We just watched it a couple months ago.
Welcome back to Deal Breakers, the podcast that explores the movies and opinions that make you lose friends, I guess. I don't know. We had an intro for this that we wrote down at some point, and I just I decided to just drink and do some drugs, and now I can't remember it. Cody, yep. what have we picked for this week? This week, we picked 2019's... It's 2020's. 2020's Tenet. This is already gold. <laughs> Tenet from Christopher Nolan. Nolan. Nolan Sky. No country for old old Nolans. No country for Nolan. We gotta bring this home already. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cody, why did we pick uh, Tenet? Because you guys like it, and I think it's dumb. Wow. I mean, it's just like that. Just, just like think that. it's dumb. E- episode is over. <laughs> <laughs> no changing each other's minds. Um. So tell us, Cody, I mean, because we were kind of talking off mic, like, why do you think it's dumb? You posed the question to me. You're like, why do you like this? Right. And I believe that me and Martin actually like the movie because, or for some of the reasons that you've, you you've dislike told, it. You've told me before that you like it just because of its its visual aspects. You, you like what he's doing with the camera and the effects and the things. You're like, oh, I'll watch this shit all day long. I that, tend to that's think, partially true, yeah. Yeah, so in in my mind, movies should be a happy marriage of two different uh, aspects, like uh, you know the mixing of a bomb in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Um, it should be two things that mix together happily and make a big explosion in your mind that makes you want to be like, yeah, I enjoyed this. I want to watch it some more. And that should be both storytelling and visual composition. I don't know how to put that better. Sure. <clears throat> Technical I think, versimilitude. Yeah, N- Nolan is a master behind the camera and, and compositing shots and putting things together and storyboarding, I'm sure. And and in his previous films, storytelling, uh, it's, you know, starting off with a memento, it all made sense even though it wrapped around backwards on top of itself. This one to me didn't wrap around back and make sense. It didn't connect well. It I, I could never really put my finger on it and tell you exactly what's happening at any point of the film. Of Tenet. Yes, of Tenet. I really liked... So you would agree with a kind of uh, overwhelming criticism of the movie that... Not necessarily that it doesn't make sense, but that it just... It's not concerned with story or that... Yeah, I I don't think it cares about the story at all. That's fair. Yeah, that's interesting because, I mean, it depends on what you mean by story because I think this film is all story. It's all plot. It is it is his I most don't, I don't think it's coherent. No, but it, here's the thing, Cody, and like it is it's his, this is his I've actually had trouble with Nolan in the past because I think when he tries to do character it doesn't come through. A lot of times it comes through flat because he always does plot first and you can tell him shoehorning character stuff in. Like he he shoves it in. Even in Dark Knight where it's like this very intricate plot and he's like, "Well, I need this character to be here now." Gordon. And and the, the arc's not there because I, the, I so think one of the reasons back up and being I, like, "Oh, you do play it close to the vest." Right? A little bit different than that. Okay. Well, I, I think one of the reasons that Dark Knight works so well, and all of his Batman movies work so well, is because they're not real people. Like they exist in a heightened comic book world. Because in all of Nolan's films, like he can get to an emotional core really well, like with Memento or Insomnia. Uh, but Inception. they never feel like real people. They always feel like archetypes or inventions of both he and his brother's kind of minds, you know? And it's, but at the same time, his, I think, I'm not sure that's his intention. Sure. I, I think that he, 
like especially with Interstellar, was trying to do this very like warm father daughter thing, which I don't think plays very well. It's almost uh, like him trying to do not quite a Spielberg yeah, movie, but it's in that ballpark while still owning the. Uh, cold, chilly, kind of Kubrickian, or like his love of Kubrick. <clears throat> I, I was gonna say Kubrick over uh, yeah. Spielberg. Yeah. Well, that's the style is is he's doing two thousand one. Yeah. But like he is he's trying to do this sentimental and honestly, what it feels like to me, it's like him doing a smart trying to do a smart man's Armageddon, where it's that very simple thing of like the the, the father daughter. Um, Don't want to close. No, seriously, it's, it's melodrama. He tries to like inject this melodrama in there. Um, and I need you to tone it down on the smart man's Armageddon talk. Armageddon fucking rules. No, I love Armageddon. I prefer Armageddon to Interstellar. Okay, I just want to throw that. Out no, there. but I no, but I think that that's been his problem though. Is he tries to do these really you know quote unquote human stories, and even even Inception, I don't think it plays. I love Inception, but I love Inception. But it's a but that's his best movie. It's right? his best movie. I, I think bar none. Um, I'll, I'll go back and forth with it in Dark Knight, but that's that's also because I have a. And I like the Prestige a lot too. I just like oh, I yeah, like that true. movie. That's kind there's of like a, a there's a movie that's not overly concerned with with character or humanity. Let's say like that movie loves the idea of its own mechanics. It's a magic trick. The exactly. movie is a magic yeah. trick. And I will one hundred percent agree with you, but I can I can stay with the storyline and be deeply involved with it the entire time. Sure. No. Tenet, no. No. Tenet, I cannot. Th- that movie is the movie's great. It, like impeccably structured and like put together. It is and and it's like a wristwatch. It is just going. I don't think he even wrote the screenplay. No, he did not. not. Isn't that his brother? It was someone else actually. Okay. I think it was one, one of the rare times that he didn't, you know, write the screenplay. Well, I mean, he definitely restructured it into a Nolan film. It has the time jumps that are exactly. Oh yeah. It has all of his artorist ticks and all that. But like you're saying, Cody, it's interesting. Like, because I think that all his, I'm not creating this, this um, idea right here, but like everyone calls his films puzzle boxes, right? He creates yeah. his puzzle boxes and you can tell from a screenwriting perspective, he writes himself into a corner. He's like, here are my rules and how do I get my characters out of this? How do I make it all work? And like, there's this classic like video of him showing the plot of inception where he, he's on a whiteboard and he has like this arc yeah. and he's like, well, here's the speed of this happening. Here's where everyone's at. And he kind of shows it. Right. And I think like he's he this is the next step past inception in that mentality. He did it in Dunkirk too with the way that time worked in that. Um, Still where, tangible though. Yeah, but I'm just trying to say he he's moving that way. I think this is one of those films though too. Is like we I think we talked about last night. We watched it again together. Is like I will not argue about this film with someone not liking it because I get it. Like I, it is one of those, it is one of those films. A lot, it's one of those films I people I've many friends like you who just did not like it. And one of their main complaints also was. Um, what are the benefits or the drawbacks of moving backward or forward through time? Because it takes it takes a somewhat matrix approach where it's idea of like, oh, now you have this power over someone. And I like the backward versus forward fight, you know, between himself twice in the hallway and a couple of other, you know, kind of um, end action scene. It's so fucking awesome. It's super cool. But I agree. I'm like, well, I don't know who's at advantage here. There's a whole thing where it's like, I'm not following that, but I will disagree with you about it not making sense because I'm not saying why well, I've watched it seven times now yep. and I'm not, it's not like I win because I watched it more. It's just that I, I will agree. The first time I saw it in the theater, a, the sound mix is bad, purposely bad. I've read about where he's like, he's trying to make it opaque purposely. I don't buy that. He he's told he was interviewed about I it. I don't I don't buy it. Like it, it's fine. He can say whatever he wants. Like I just think that he 
enjoys certain sounds on the soundtrack, like people talking through masks and yeah. And, I and feel like if that were true, that would just reinforce. I, my I just point don't that think that he. This is one point where I will agree with you, Cody, is that I, I don't buy the whole, like, it's purposefully bad. I just think he's in love with certain sounds and, like, the way that these masks and everything filter the human voice, and he doesn't... He has put Tarm Hardy in a mask in two films now. Yeah, and, like, he he enjoys that, like, aesthetic, which is fine, but that doesn't necessarily make for good cinema. Well, exactly, and I'm not saying he did it purposely bad, because the re- interview that I read with him is he said that there are other sounds out there that we are trained as viewers and as filmmakers that you can only do these things. Sure. Like, you know, it's all about clarity, and he's like, well, what? That's not how real life is, and, you know, he's always, like, always dancing into, like, realism, he says. Yeah. Which makes then me... Then make like, a documentary. But... The thing about this film again for me is I have I'm not a Nolan I'm not a I'm not a diehard Nolan fan. I like him a lot. I see everything he does, but like he's a filmmaker that a lot of people are like, they'll see anything he does. He's got the name. One of the few auteurs out there right now who are making big blockbusters yeah. that are actually quality across the board. Um, They're a tourist to the the core. So that just you can tell a Nolan even from the look of it, even with different cinematographers like Hoyt versus like Wally Fister, and I actually prefer this cinematography to Fister. I love this the warmth of this film at times. Oh, it looks so good. And the saturation. Like, there's some stuff in the darkness. You're like, oh my God, it's like gorgeous. But that again... opera sequence oh, at the beginning is fucking incredible. Again, with the idea, though, that he doesn't care about plot, maybe you're saying... maybe I, so I wouldn't word it that way. I would Because I think he cares about plot a lot. This is a very intricately plotted movie. I mean, it is it is two time streams, and if you if you watch it enough times and, and watch these breakdowns, it actually all works. Now, it really does. No, and it's in the the problem where it falls apart though is like, and I agree with this is like motivation. Why are people doing things? So maybe not story, but character. I would say he's abandoned a lot in this because your main character, the protagonist, right. his motivations in the fucking future. Like he's he's inverting like he's inverting this uh, classic screenplay structure. Like this guy's motivation and like his inciting incident is like 10, 20 years from now, which you never get to actually see. Exactly, and I like that. I, again, this movie is so fucking ballsy, and I, in a lot of ways, it's just like I'm like he doesn't he doesn't give a shit. Not about not about story, but about making sure that his audience is getting a normal experience in the theater. It was also the wrong film to release during the pandemic. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, the worst, like, it's, it's, a, it's the least popcorn-y movie you can have during that. Like, watching it, even now, like, on Blu-ray, you sit there and you go, I can't believe that a studio spent this... Like, mm. only Nolan, or I can't think of another auteur who would get a studio to, to spend that much money on Denny Villeneuve still yeah, like Ridley maybe, Scott yeah exactly maybe Ridley Scott yeah but like like Nolan made something that's you know I'm not gonna be one of these idiots who sits there and goes oh it's an art film on like a whatever million dollar budget but like 220 it is to me like his Miami Vice like that's the movie that actually it reminds me the oh, most of is that it takes all of his fascinations, a lot how Michael Mann did with Miami Vice, and almost smashes them into like abstraction to certain points while still delivering. Like, if you're a fan of his films, like you watch it and you go, like, the 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 set piece stuff, um, uh, the opera house set piece, the the plane crash, the backwards car chase, the forwards and backwards, like fist fighting. 
All whole end that scene. to me. Oh, that. Oh my god, that end. Like the end battle sequence is to me like his David Lean sequence. Oh yeah. Like when I watch it, it's like because he always talks about loving like Lawrence of Arabia and that widescreen majesty and uh, like you watch that battle sequence and I just sit there and watch it and I go, oh my god, like the the sheer planning that it takes to. Uh, kind of pull some of these things off like it's all there and it's all very technically like gifted and I love it Speak because to me you know it, it, it's a lot how man took the cop movie and just mushed it and, and shot it digitally and was like I don't care like I don't care if you don't know these guys like we're, we're gonna drop you in deep cover into the beginning of Miami Vice here's Sonny Crockett Here's uh, Rico Tubbs. Here's the their team who you're basically going to just learn through their actions. You don't really know what's going on. You have to keep up the entire time. And like, that's the type of cinema that I really like, like, because it, he doesn't, he doesn't care about whether or not you keep up and he, he doesn't give a shit uh, whether or not like you're 100% on board because he's just kind of doing his thing. And like, you're either going to vibe with it or you're not. And like, to me, like tenant is something I totally even seeing it like in the theater the first time, like I didn't have that, that reaction of like, well, I don't know. Like I was sitting there like locked in for two and a half hours. Like, yes, yes, more. Mm -hmm. This is great. This is amazing. All that being said, I will change my complaint statement to he doesn't care about story to he doesn't care about the audience. That, no, no, no. I would agree with you there. Yeah. And I started jumping. I just Which feel like that's a little different. A blockbuster. Yeah. But again, it's something that I enjoy. Like we're so uh, inundated with, you know, the, the Marvel movies. And like, now we have to fucking sit here and listen to people week in and week out, talk about WandaVision and how like daring and risky. And it's, it's pushing TV to new, who said that to new, like, Oh my God, you're not, obviously not on Twitter. I mean, no, I'm, <laughs> you're obviously <laughs> like, not a golfer. Barely. Obviously not a golfer, dude, <laughs> but like, Toilet it's seats like up, you, man. You, you sit here and you go, but it's still a superhero thing. Like it's still delivering exactly what, that, that type of fan wants where like Nolan took this massive 220 million budget and was like, I'm going to do this. Do I care what you think? Not really. I, I think what I, when I got out of the theater, I called my, my friend is a huge Nolan fan and like he writes screenplays that are very, I'd say like Nolan esque. like he write he likes to write like really twisty turning like time travel stuff. And so he loves inception. He loves the way that Nolan attacks. Like, like, I guess like, a little bit highbrow science fiction, highbrow blockbuster science fiction, and I got out like, dude, this is the, this is Nolan squared. This is about as Nolan as you can get yeah. because this is the same way. Well, and that's where my Miami Vice comparison comes in is that that's like man to the nth power. Where you're watching, you're like, this is everything he's into all at once. Yeah, and also the weird kind of way distilled, like it just it's just a shot, like it just right yeah. to you because it's like everything. And I what I what I like about Tenet as well is it's one of those films where. I can tell this is the film he wants to make. Sure. Like there are no, this is a director at a point in his career where he really can print fucking money, you know, and he can do whatever Although he wants. Although he didn't. No, he didn't, you know. No, and But the funny thing is, even after this film, he's fine He'll because, be fine. I mean, he and Warners are done, it sounds like, after they're falling out over the, the streaming stuff and after after Tenet. Um you know, he'll, he'll, he'll find a home very quickly. So he'll, he'll be fine. But I think that here's a guy who really wants to make this movie. 
And I just like the puzzle box mentality of this film because it, it I've never seen a film like this before. I like, like I've, puzzle box too, and I think no one does it really well, especially in Inception. But Inception, I can follow and I can track and I can tell what's going on from from beat to beat. And in this, like from from minute. 10 i'm just like what is happening why who it's it's more obs- what it, are the motivations it, no it's again like I, I would agree that inception is is much easier to follow because it's linear also sure it's linear and uh hard take i don't think washington's charismatic in this at all nah no i i really like him i, I do i, I like I, I can see him acting i, I, I don't think he, i don't think he was the right choice I Pat- think it's I Pattinson's think- the best part of the fucking I agree. movie, though. He wasn't liking on Pattinson last night either. I what? don't think I don't think Pattinson's doing much in this. Ah, oh, dude, oh, this totally is my favorite Pattinson role ever. I, lo- I love him in Good Time. This is Lighthouse and Good Time. Nah, Good Time's still my favorite, but he's doing. Um, I don't think he's doing anything in this. Nah, he's doing. Um, he's who's the Tom guy Hardy. who played the butler in Trading Places? Oh, Denim Elliott. Yeah, he yeah. Reminds me a, a little Fay, a little yeah, Fay too. Exactly. Yeah, like, just doing a, a very foppish. Like kind of upper crust thing, and like I every time he's on screen, especially with Washington, I just sat there. I'm like, oh my god, these guys are amazing together. Cody, Cody shaking his head. Pa- Cody is an audience. a handsome man, and he's good to look at. Washington, I I can just see him acting. He's trying to be charismatic. In my mind, it's 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 or in my eyes rather, it's not working. Dude, there are so many moments where he talks to, and I know you're not supposed to do this, but like he sounds exactly like his dad. Like I he, disagree. He has hard mannerisms that are that are straight from the Denzel playbook at times. There's a lot of cool things in this film. If he too. does, I don't feel like they come naturally. I feel like they're forced. I I don't know Sorry, because Mark. that's an interesting discussion to have though because like kind of like the same way with like Brandon Cronenberg and like his movies. Mm. Very interesting. Like how you or King's Kid. Yeah, you might be doing it almost. Yeah, or like Joe Hill's actually a great. Uh, very like uh, comparison point is like you might be doing it because it's almost part of your DNA even though like if you listen to like say Brandon Cronenberg talk he doesn't want to make movies like his dad but then you watch them and you're like bro yeah you're <laughs> like possessor is fucking 100% like antiviral super of, Cronenberg too yeah yeah antiviral also sucks but, <laughs> <It's real bad. laughs> but like possessor you watch and you're like oh shit this is your video drone this is your scanners like it's all that like mashed into one and and even though in like interviews, he's like, yeah, I don't want to make movies like my dad. You're like, so are you just born into it? But it's kind of the same way with like Joe Hill. Like, are you emulating your dad? Because like his his books share qualities, but they have their own voice. And like Possessor is the one with Brandon Cronenberg. Like that was my favorite movie of last year because like it feels like his dad, but it's still totally doing its own weirdo thing that's out there. It's also gnarly as fuck. Oh, I love it. Well, and I, I think that because I think Pattinson is great in this, and I, I what I like about it is that there's an easy quality to his character. There's a confidence that just from the beginning of just this like very like he owns the scene. Like you said, I think he plays off John David Washington really, really well. And I think the buildup to their the reveal. I mean, I mean, I, I was you watched if you watch enough time travel films, you're like, well, you obviously hired this guy yeah. in the future, but. The reveal of like he's gonna go off and die, and it's the en- it's it's the end of their relationship, and it's the beginning of it for John David Washington. Yeah, we'll I think get up to some stuff. Yeah, and that's what's really great about that. I think that I like that line. That's the only part I like. About it. it lands though, <laughs> like that moment lands, and like when you see John David Washington like, start to cry, it's like, whoa, you actually played that really well because it's this realization: this person you've finally become friends with is off to die, but 
you're not saying goodbye. It's this bittersweet, weird moment. See, um, even while that's happening, I don't read emotion from Washington. I don't read like deep affectation. Like even though he may be tearing up, like he's still like single noted the whole time. He's holding the same line. It's also Nolan. I think. I think Nolan yeah. is asking for because also funny brought Michael Mann. Nolan wants to be Michael Mann in a lot of ways. I yeah. mean, like his films are like Inception, Jesus, Dark Knight, whole opening scene. Sure, it's heat. You know, if, if you bring up. Like DiCaprio and in Inception, like DiCaprio's still emoting the fuck out of that movie. But a lot of stuff, he's still cold. And well, th- think about Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character in that. That I think is like the kind of character that Nolan likes. Sure, that. but Joseph Gordon-Levitt's not the main character of Inception. But I also think that Leo, a lot of this film is still playing this like very cool as a cucumber. The way he talks, and then has they give him Leo moments. Well, and like Leo even cop to saying that he was playing Chris Nolan in Inception, like he was doing well, an impersonation. Well, yeah, him. Nolan wrote the whole thing to be players in a in a film production. Yeah, well, and that's kind of something else that I wanted to bring up is that I feel like Tenet is operating in that same, let's say, metaphorical uh, playbook. Uh, because like they are, it's not nearly as structured. Uh, no, it's not nearly as structured. But that's what I like about it is that like calling your main hero the protagonist, never giving him a name, um, smashing these things into abstraction to where uh, there is no real linear story to it. It's going forwards and backwards at the same time. Where Inception was this play on like the collaborative nature of like filmmaking itself. This is the idea of the creation of a story and how when you are creating something, when you sit down to write it, sometimes you start at the beginning, sometimes you start at the end, sometimes you're right in the middle. Here's your relationships. Here's this guy that's driving the entire movie. Like I feel like you could sit there and pick this movie apart and do a thesis about how this is all about the process of actually creating a story and sometimes fucking it up. So you're saying he made a film about the rumination of him writing Memento? No, I just think he, like, I think a lot of his movies are rooted in the idea of the creative process. And I think Tenet continues or maybe expounds upon what was in Inception. I I think off of that too, I was thinking watching Tenet last night is that his films are all also about filmmaking, period. Right. Because film is... Well, that's great. You should write what you know. But but beyond that, I mean, every filmmaker knows that, but I feel like he especially does this idea of like of, of time. You know, because time, you know, film it's is... the greatest enemy in his movies. Is the enemy, but you well, know... Well, it's, it's humankind's number one enemy. Yeah, exactly. But as a filmmaking standpoint, though, is, you know, film is 24 frames a second. It's the, the idea that was created that an image you know, repeated different, different, you know, modes for 24 seconds, 24 frames has motion. Right. And I think that he's already thinking the whole film is about I like old school filmmaking stuff too, because you have forward motion and backwards motion. He's playing with these kind of like classical things they did, even like in the Melies days, I feel like he's getting into like, like blowing a building up and then re- and restoring it at the same time. Like, how do you pull that? No, no, no. I'm being honest. Like, how do you pull that magic trick off to bring it back to the prestige to where it's yeah. like you show it in the frame and then you have the audience sit there and go, how did he did, do that? That's the same thing that Melies did. To yeah. Where they're all magic tricks. It was, and, and back to prestige. And I, I think that, which, uh, to answer your guys' question, he and his brother did write it. Oh, they did? Okay. It was an adaptation Shit. of Christopher Priest's oh, novel, that's right. though, okay. which is probably what you're hitting on. I was on. just thinking as you were talking now, about it, like, that seems too, way too nolan for now, them not to have written it. Now, there is an interesting thing to ponder when you, when you approach Tenet in the fact that, like, Nolan wrote it by himself. 
His, yeah. his, you know, Jonathan's not present here. So maybe some of your problems and some of your structural stuff, because they were always a collaborative team the entire time. But again, bringing it back to the whole idea of like crafting a story is that some of this might be subconsciously coming out of him of like, how do I pull this out of myself? How does this come about naturally? And then you're watching Tenant and you're going, well, maybe it's unnatural for you. Yeah, but I, and it's, it's funny though. Again, I really feel watching a number of times that a lot of the stuff he sets up, it all works. Like, because it is this like a magic trick, but B puzzle box where how can it all line up? Because you have the first part moving forward that you're going backwards. And, and the idea, of course, all culminating in these two backwards and forwards, the pincer movement. And you find out the whole thing's a pincer movement. And the idea too, from a filmmaking thing that you're talking about storytelling that we are now at the middle of the story. You know, and he says, like, you're only halfway there. I think is interesting. Right. I don't know. I just find that really fascinating. Because, like, I think he's, like, you're saying, he's talking about storytelling. He's talking about filmmaking. He's talking about his own process. But I think all the stuff, it lines up and it works. So I think that it's a very structured film. I think it is his most structured film. Like, the most wow, intricately. Really? Yes, absolutely. I think it's the most intricately structured plot that he's done. I don't know, man. Inception still takes that fucking cake for me. It works. I it it works. I think it. I think it plays more because it's, it's easier to follow. But for me too, there's still parts that I don't get. I, got, I, would, I, I know that there's YouTube videos out there that like break down and explain it. Maybe if I watched a couple of those, I would agree. But I feel like you shouldn't have to watch YouTube videos after watching a film to like fully understand how things transpire. No, and that's fair. I'm just saying we're talking about two different things. I hear theory because. Saying we we're not getting everything is not the same as saying he didn't structure it. Because the thing is, if you get down to the film, this is an intricate intricate plot. Well, His that, most intricate period of any fair. film he's done. That brings me back to yes, Christopher beyond. Nolan not caring about the audience in this. That's fair. Yeah, this is a film he wants to watch and a film he wants to make. I just wanted I, to I, say I, I wanted to say a minute ago, but I, I got lost in my mind in the conversation. Um, I think the best actor. In this movie is uh, Kickass. What's the actor's name? Oh, Aaron uh, Johnson. Yeah, Aaron, Ter- Aaron Taylor, Taylor Johnson. Johnson right? Yeah, dude, he's so awesome. When he I didn't even know yeah. it was yeah. We were watching it last night. Martin's like, "Oh, that's Kickass." I was like, "Son of a bitch!" I didn't even realize he's so cool in this. Look, I'm gonna be real. My favorite performance is Robert Pattinson the entire time, but I really like Kenneth Branagh in this. Just like, chewing scenery, just doing full on. <laughs> well, here's the thing: is that like Nolan, his time and again said. Or, or like cop to the fact that he loves Bond. Yeah, obviously. And it's and like to me, well, he was wearing a. You uh, commented last night, Martin. Uh, his great uh, suit uh, is the Goldfinger suit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but like, you know, to me, Inception will always be his Bond movie. Like when people sit there and like, oh, there's the straight whenever, Doctor knows with the the snow and the yeah, all the, yeah. Well, the on our, on the uh, Her Majesty's Secret Service, yeah, like that stuff. Was it. Yeah, it's 100 percent doing like the Bond like fever dream thing. But, like, and he's even said publicly, like, that's my Bond movie. So whenever, like, the next director for Bond, like, question comes up and people are like, Chris Nolan, you sit there and you're like, why? He's already, he's made that movie. Like, but to me, uh, this is his Mission Impossible film to Inception's Bond Hmm. to where, like, Brana is 100% playing, like, the big bad villain that they're trying to infiltrate and the team's trying to take down the entire time. A lot like how Ethan Hunt and, and the, the IMF agents would like try and take, you know, and Solomon Lang in part yeah, five. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I have but to like, pause this for a second. I love Martin. Will you do the uh, the Russian kick scream? 
Oh, weird. So I love Brandon <laughs> this too. Like he just chews the scenery, but he does a thing where he kicks his wife. He's like, wait, wait. <laughs> When, when she when he's finally revealing to her like for sure that I'm an arms dealer and you know here's yeah. the room full of guns and she pulls a gun on him, isn't she? She's not pregnant at that moment either, no. though, right? Yeah, not, like not to my knowledge. Yeah, I can't remember, but she's like, not now. But his whole like fucking straight up Boris and Natasha like Russian accent. Like, I cut your balls off and stuff balls throat. down throat. I, like I was sitting there, but that it's the thing that I I really like about Nolan is that as cerebral and 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 pretentious as he can get, he's still like yeah. But like this is rooted in like Bond and Mission Impossible and like old school pulp. Do you think is, that's why Nolan you know, always wears suits? He just like has a Bond infatuation. No, it's a British thing. It's yeah, like it's like it's a professionalism. Yeah, because like it's like Hitchcock kind of and thing. yeah, they all wear suits. It's the suit. same Fair. reason like Raimi. It, yep. In a weird way, has always has always said that he will just wear a suit to set every day because, like, some directors are just rooted in that old school mentality of you show up, you look a certain way, and you direct the film because you're in charge. You're the Fair. boss. When yeah. I when I met Raimi a couple years ago, he had this like suit and like high water pants and like white socks, and it was just he's a goof. He man. was the nicest guy. It was so adorable, but it was just like he was like. Five two, just yeah. a little guy. Oh, I didn't even know he was nice. that tiny. He's so nice. Yeah, like he and Bruce Campbell are both like to- totally amazing. Not to get on too yeah. far of a tangent. But How tall like, is Bruce Campbell? He's Bruce six Campbell two, three. Big. Okay, right. but yeah. like Bruce Campbell is broad. He's built like a fucking like linebacker. He's got a big Johnson too because I saw yeah. him. Um, <laughs> what? No, I I was he peeing next to Ethan Hawke? No, I was. Wait, at, have you ever told the Ethan Hawke story? We on should the rename air? him Ethan Tomahawk. Uh, Ethan, Ethan, <laughs> Ethan Cock. Um, no, what I the reason I saw um, I saw Bruce Campbell at my first year at Fantastic Fest 2015, and he was being interviewed by Leonard Malton and his daughter up on the stage in the highball. Yeah, I remember that. And I took a picture of. Him. I was like, I'd never seen him in person, and he was sitting, but his pants really hiked up, and the angle was like it all bunched up around his crotch. Oh, you, you got the John Ham, the John Ham. So, so I took bone. I took this picture, and I I, would, and I literally didn't even think about did it. Did you zoom in on his dick? No, did no. you zoom in on Bruce Campbell's dick? <laughs> not while he was taking the picture, but he did later. <laughs> but I put it on Facebook, not even knowing. I was just like, I'm, I saw Bruce Campbell today, and my mom was like. What's you, up with this bulge? You, you also, you also <laughs> more, saw his Campbell. More, more like you saw Bruce Hamball. It was, it was. I mean, it was beast. But like, yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> what were we talking about? I don't know. Tenet. We track. Yeah, we're talking about, yeah, we're we're talking about the, 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 the you know, where, Bra- Do we think Kenneth Branagh's packing heat, or are we talking about like a? Well, I think he's. he's I think we're talking he's more like. Five, like Six. That doesn't mean he doesn't have a giant dong. I mean, though, right? well, and you're right actually because John Ham's short also. Yeah, very short, huge cock. Wait, but do we know that, or is it just like proportional? Oh no, there's pictures, massive. Well, dog. right, but he's still a short guy. Yeah, but that's my. I'm a four-inch dick with would look Why huge on a five-foot-two guy. Me? You're arguing with yourself at this point. It's my favorite activity. I think that that Branagh is is fucking great in this. When I like, I think it, that you're you're saying it too is what what I like about Nolan when he's at his best is when he just kind of lets go a little bit and it's like I'm making a summer tentpole movie. Because sure. he, he, he a lot of times is so like almost like embarrassed by the idea of a genre film. He's kind of like I'm above that, and, and not maybe not embarrassed, but I don't know. But he has this way. He has this way though of like I'm not. I think he's he's very into the idea of elevating. It. Yeah, I'm, I'm above I'm above uh, certain tropes, and this film though has a lot of just like stuff. It's very straight. Again, like Brando is just like a straightforward, n- not a very nuanced. Film. I love I love his backstory. The idea that he got the shit sent. 
back in time and yeah. he found it basically in Chern- you know his version of Chernobyl, you know, underneath the fucking Chernobyl. rubble. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. We also haven't talked about the love of my life, Elizabeth uh, Debicki. Debicki. Who, all eight feet of her, I would let dominate me any day of the week. Yeah, she looks. I know I'm taller than her, but she's, she would be taller than me if I met her. Are you sure? Yeah. She is a she's very, like 6'1". I'm 6'7". She has Damn, a very beautiful yeah, face, but not my style. Dude, I don't know, man. I think she's... I always like... Anything she shows up in, I'm, I think she's fucking fantastic. Now, since we brought her up, though, we should dive into the whole idea of, like, Nolan's dead wives. Because, what? like... I don't know um, anything about this. No, like, there's so much... Well, so many of them... He gets criticized because so many of his movies hinge around... Like, oh, his protagonist motivations are, are dead women. Yeah. Um, uh, Inception... Dead wife. Memento. Yeah. Memento. Dead, dead wife. wife. Prestige. Uh, prestige. Dead wife. Dead, dead wives. wives. I think. Dead wives. There's a lot of. There's a lot. And then the mistress lives. ScarJo makes it through. Yeah. Uh, Dark Knight. Dead girlfriend. Um, not well. I mean, it's blown up girlfriend. Aaron Eckhart's girlfriend. Not. No, but it's Bruce's. But she got it's blown Bruce's up. love. We can agree that she is splattered all over the page. Oh yeah. Right? <laughs> yes, that happened. So like. You know, he they, he... they they really splattered the Maggie Gyllen halls. Yeah, he... <laughs> she Maggie Gyllen sprawls now. Hey! <laughs> but, I thought uh, I was going to sprawl. <laughs> but he, he gets a lot of shit for basically using women as uh, motivators point. for his male protagonists. And here, what I find interesting is that the woman's quest to essentially you know, liberate herself and her child is the closest thing we get to a true emotional like through line or at least a pure emotional through line which i I found interesting i don't know if it's a response to all the criticisms but it does feel like him metabolizing them to a certain degree yeah i think that he i mean he does always try to inject i think into his plot a little some kind of humanity or like human plot and like with inception it's very much about maul and his you know him trying to get back to his kids. At, le- um, at least you get to see the kid's face in this one. Right. You know, but well, the kid is Pattinson, that, that theme that P- potentially, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Neil backwards, Maximilian. No, no, no. But we, we talked about this last night. Like if it was Pattinson, he would have to go. Through, wait, wait, like, go and uh, spin this theory sorry, in front of me. No. So the, the, it's not my theory. The, the, the theory online right now is that, um, Maximilian, um, if you go to the end of Maximilian and go backwards, it would say Neil. The first four letters would spell Neil. Um, and his name is Maximilian. And then it makes a lot of sense that he's watching this family, protecting them, watches the kid grow up, recruits him onto Tenet. And, and it also shows their deeper connection. That he's been watching, you know, basically protecting this family for a long time. I think it also lines up with what you're asking, though, is like, that's the human plot is about her. But like, that's also... John David Washington's humanity is like linked to her because sure it's funny because I don't feel like their connection is is romantic whatsoever no not at all I don't feel it's a justified connection I have no idea why he cares about her but there really is no romantic through line in in a lot of Nolan's movies like they're asexual to a certain degree yeah he doesn't have time for I mean you think about even um not not in uh, Prestige. Yeah, that's the close. You have that's the closest thing, and like Memento to a certain degree, but like outside of that, even though Hugh Jackman still casts off Scarlett Johansson. But. What's interesting about Prestige, though, is again 
man, uh, man is a big inspiration for, for Nolan. The, the fight between who like your job and like your, your vocation and like love and prestige is like, that's the center of that whole film too. These guys cast away these women like that. Fair. You know, to to do the, to do their magic on both sides. No, you no, know? no, no. That that was the difference between. Um, uh, Hugh what? Jackman. Sorry, one of them loves. That was the difference between Hugh Jackman and uh, fucking Batman. What's his name? Christian, Christian Bale? Bale. Christian Bale. Thank you. His his twins characters. Yeah, like they both because he actually cared did about love the women him. that they were with, and Hugh Jackman was after after his wife was gone, he was uh, a country unto himself. Well, actually, only one. Only one of the bales. No, no, because one of the bales loves Scarlett Johansson. The right. other, the other right. bale loved the other woman. Yeah, but but again, I still think it's like at the core, they are still they their actions still make Rebecca Hill Rebecca Hall kill herself. Yes, because their their coldness and you know ignoring what she needs. Their dedication um, to the bit over her. Life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And lying to her. So, top three. Chris Nolan movies. To who? Cody. <sighs> All right. This is difficult. If I, if I have to, I mean, my top three without rank are Dark Knight, Prestige, and Inception. If I have to rank them, if I have to rank them gun to my head, it'd probably be Inception, Dark Knight, and then As We Trail Off. Yeah. Prestige, I love Prestige. It's so hard to do. I love Prestige to death. Prestige is so good. I will. I love it. I love introducing people to that movie because it's lesser known. Sure. I love showing people that film and just blowing their minds. It's also weird to call that movie lesser known just because it's but still it's a true, Chris Nolan right? studio movie. But yeah, no, I think of the the lesser known okay, Chris so, Nolan movie as Insomnia. So like, that's as, the one well, I like following. to bring up. Yeah. So when, when I was when I was saying earlier that uh, Tenet. No one like doesn't care about the audience. I think that prestige is he's hyper focused on the audience. Yeah, he's well. That's the whole point of it, though, right? Right, and that's what I love. It's such a blow your mind film, and it's great. But I love The Dark Knight because that that's just my own tie in with Batman, and that's the greatest Batman film that's ever been made to date. And Inception is just a top notch cinematic experience from top to bottom from creation to execution i would say inception's my favorite tenant's actually probably my second favorite um maybe my first honestly the more i watch it it might become my favorite um and then third is actually probably prestige so um i like dark knight i'm not a huge dark knight fan um but um, I actually prefer Batman Begins to Dark Knight. It's just I like the more romantic. Really? Yeah. Um, just watched that again the other night. And... Yeah, and, and that's not to be like that guy. I'm a huge Batman fan, and I like I'm obsessed. And I, I prefer Bat, uh, Burton's first Batman to any of Nolan's stuff because I I don't I just don't like um, I don't like his hyper realistic take on Batman, and also still trying to put him in this quote unquote like plausible worlds like i like batman blending in with the world that burton created the idea like Fair. it makes sense like i would dress in a bat in that gothic thing versus sure. like just chicago yeah you know that's hard for me but i, I mean i get why people like like dark and i think it's a very well-written script i just don't like it as a batman movie that much um, there's also the uh the, the poise that nolan's dark knight like ruined the dc universe from then on 
<clears throat> because the DC universe kept trying to be so like dark and gritty and realistic that it just it fucked Man of Steel up. It, exactly, well, not just exactly. DC. I mean, like Bond movies chased Nolan yep. from. Casino I like the Bond Royale. movies though. No, no, I think they're very good. But like Skyfall he, was that. It, yeah, it makes well, sense so in that Casino because Royale the Bond movies are and... are already grounded in reality. Like, there's no. I mean, there is like a, a comic oh, book. No, no. I mean, nobody's like, dressing up as a bat in the not. Bond movies. But I mean, like, the Bond movies also went to space in like 1978. Nine, Give Fast and the Furious time. No, no, no. With uh, Moonraker, oh, Moonraker was 79. Yeah. Give Fast so, and Furious time. They're getting there. Well, it's it's interesting because I think that um, yeah, because like you have. Also, I was reading this article about how not just Bond but Mendes is just one step behind Nolan. So like, uh, Nolan does. Uh, Dark Knight, and then Mendes is like, "Oh, cool! I'll do Skyfall." And then no one does Dunkirk, and, and uh, Mendes is like, "I'll do 1917." So this is like this kind of like he's he's watching yeah. what no yeah. one's doing, and no one's a much better director than Mendes, um, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, those will be my my three. How about you? Top three. If if no one does a uh, like ten minute tracking shot, we'll know it's all over. For because Mendes did that like. 12. Well, I was saying it's. But I'm saying the opposite. Right, so I'm saying if Nolan does a 12 minute tracking shot, then he's like, it's like the the the, the Ouroboros like chewing oh, on you. its own tail, kind Sorry, of like the universe you. collapsing in on itself. I'd go with Inception, Tenet, Memento. Cool. Mm. I watched Memento a lot. Memento I had it on DVD. One, like the way you guys talk about the prestige is the way it is like memento to me because it's just it's perfectly structured when you first saw it, when it came out like you couldn't believe like somebody was doing this on like such a small budget and like it was also so of, smart that he, yeah he, he he that that was like his first tenet right that was his first experiment with time exchange yeah and that you have this one plot moving forward in color this other or in black and white and it no the one plot moving forward in color and the other plot moving backwards in black and white opposite yeah. Yeah. switched thank you and then guy pierce is incredible in it and like well, i feel like he's moved on to such greater uh cinematic arenas that people forget how like when you saw memento in the theater it was like oh shit like this guy is doing something just totally revolutionary with not a lot of money. You know? Well, and it's it's interesting that you because you're saying like he's already kind of doing those things with Memento that he does in Tenet, and I right. 100% agree because in a lot of ways Tenet is a big budget version of Memento with with more twisty turny and, and big sci fi action because you also have a character or a protagonist who we don't know and he doesn't know why he's doing the things he's doing. Right, like the, their motivation is secret, and but for some reason you could still sympathize with him. No, I, don't, I agree with you on that. I, I mean, I think that they they play into. Is that Nolan's first dead wife? Because I don't. There isn't one in Following. <laughs> yeah. Because it's yeah. I it's, don't remember much of Following because I don't like his yeah, his like poor much. actual alive wife. <laughs> she must read some of this stuff sometime. Yeah, they. Yeah, I think that um, it's interesting though because part of that is maybe Guy Pierce's charisma and the fact that it's written into the script that he has this condition. And we know that as an audience, we're like, Oh, you feel bad for him already. Like I feel there's a sense of empathy of like, man, like how hard would it be to like form relationships when you don't know what happened in the last like five minutes of your life? You know, how would you to create your memory and to create who you are? Well, that's how in, in my mind, 
Memento just outscores Tenet is I, I can track what's going on in Memento from like beat to beat and from plot A to plot B in the direction of the time shift. I can follow what's happening in Tenet. I cannot. Well, again, I think that he, I think Memento, you think about his, his first film like that. And he has been complicating that more and more with each film. Sure. Um, because I think like his last film before Tenet is Dunkirk, which also does some really weird shit with time. Because barely, in in, in my opinion. But uh, wow. No, but it's 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 it doesn't it doesn't make you not understand what's going on. But the fact that you have but it has tags that like bring you back to that point in the plot line. That's fair. He he defines the let's say. Uh, compressed he, linear lines places, like way better in Dunkirk. He places chronological bookmarks. Yeah, the well, and that's yeah. You're you're not wrong, and also like he compresses time in that one in a way that that's way more masterful than many of maybe all of his other movies. But like, uh, it's all. I feel like it's after a different endgame. Yeah, it's just I think he's playing again with the idea of like. All his films are about cinema in some in some way, and, and Dunkirk's that because it's like we are only our idea of time watching a film is only what the filmmaker shows us, right? And well, it's like the anti Private Ryan, right? To where it's like where that's all about the 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 individual, like Dunkirk's about the collective of like what these people did. It was interesting watching that in Darkest Hour come mm. out in such close proximity because it was like they're they're complement each other so well to where darkest hour is about the individual struggle character, like during character, that character. to where uh dunkirk is all about here's the compression of time and how that affects this group of individuals during a war and it's like no main character and it also is not we don't get a lot of for any of them you know also great uh, kenneth Branagh performance oh, he's in great too. in that and and um Who's the awesome guy from uh, Master and Commander? Um, Russell Crowe. No, the, the kid. The <laughs> younger, yeah, the younger guy. Um, James Darcy. Yeah, yeah, I think he's awesome. Is like his right hand, his like captain or something. But no, it's it's interesting. I, again, I think that there is a very clear progression to um, to his films, and you can definitely see. It. I think Tenet is. That's why I like it so much. It feels like this culmination of so much of his work. Um, and yeah, I, I think he, he was playing with stuff with Memento. He's been playing with all his films. He plays it when Batman Begins. I mean, that's nonlinear. You know, it hops around time. Yeah. It starts and he's already in the jail in but China. It, Dark Knight but Rises probably even more so, especially once you get to that that ticking clock finale. And that's, and that's weird because like that's, you know, everything's moving in the same direction, but like months go by in a heartbeat. Yeah, it's weird because like it's like you see him. He's in this like this whole prison in in India, um, and then it cuts and so like, oh a mo- couple months have gone by now. Now he's healed and um, and I don't hate Dark Knight Rises actually. I actually there's a lot of stuff I like in that movie. Yeah, um, it's messy as fuck. And you could tell he didn't because he didn't want to make that movie. Yeah, because they were well, like Tenet's messy too, but. In a way that I enjoy. Tenet's messy, but it's also his movie. Because like, cause he Fair. literally, like, Warner's was like, well, if you want to make Inception, you got to make us another Batman film. That's how he... Because he wanted to make Dark Knight, you can tell. It's like a Nolan movie. Um, this film... I don't know, this film... I have the script, like, right over there, and I was, I was reading it. And it's, it's just really well put together. And um, Tenet or Dark Knight? Uh, Tenet. Okay. Um, and it's interesting that, you know, we talked about 
uh, for our podcast, the, you know, the empty man. Um, and one of the things we talked about, uh, with the director, David Pryor was just like the idea of there's a, there are certain types of films or all kinds of films when it comes to taste where it's like, you're either on board or you're not. And yeah, you know, empty man's one of those films where it's like from, from the first five minutes, it's like, this is my kind of movie, exactly my kind of movie. And I felt the same with tenant where, where I even had problems with, I, I'm also kind of a born contrarian. So everyone like likes other Nolan films as like, oh, others are perfect. They're great. And I'm like, Oh, they're okay. And I like them. I have problems. Um, and then with this one, I was like, no, this guy's giving me what I want. He's this is gloves off, like you said, doesn't give a shit about the audience, but like I like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I I want to. I think like, I want to figure out this puzzle. I want to, and it's, I think again, it's all there. I think it's perfectly, it's all underneath the stuff. There is a messiness, I think, especially to again motivation, to the idea too of like control. Like that that one conversation he has with the girl and the. Why first... does Washington give a shit about this lady? Well, real quick, let's one thing. I think I before we talk about that sure, is sure. that he, the idea where he puts his hand over the bullet and catches it, and he's like, "So what's free will?" She's like, "Well, you have to just you have to just feel it." And that's no yeah. one being like, "Fuck no, 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 the no, audience." No, it wasn't that. It was uh, you. You don't try to understand. Don't try to understand it. Just feel it. Yeah, exactly. And and I mean that's the whole thesis statement for the movie. That's the movie, and that's no one saying. Also, why in the beginning do they, do they have to wear gloves to interact with these reverse? player to eat objects and then later on it doesn't fucking matter no i think they're just that's and that's not because it's just to show the effect of like they're doing a scientific thing yeah. i think it's just a that's a set design thing and a costume thing but um but to answer your question my mind to answer why he likes the woman is i think it is a little forced in the movie i think that's a problem that nolan has in a lot of his stuff is, is making us believe like emotional beats but i think again she's the heart of the movie and like he sees that i think that like He's drawn in very again, very similar to Guy Pierce. Like he's like, I'm on this mission. This is what I'm supposed to do because I was put on this mission, and I'm I'm just based on what I know. This is what I do. I'm going to find out these arms. I'm going to find out where these inverted rounds come from. The future. I'm going to stop it. And then he meets this woman. At first, he betrays her, and then realizes like, oh, this is what it's all really about. Um, I think slowly through the film. And I agree. I mean, that doesn't play well. Cause I think that's Nolan again. It's kind of a, a hiccup for him. in A lot of his films where yeah. he's just like, you guys like each other now, you know, and he just does that. Um, I also kind of felt like the, uh, the opening between the trains rolling back and forth was great. Like you're, you can understand they're being tortured and the, the guy in front didn't have the information and he's potentially dead, but not ultimately, but it's not made clear that, Washington is having his teeth pulled out. Like you just see these pliers, and you see well, you you see the guy like approach him in his chair, and is like you know, there's a silhouette and trains rolling by, and you can't quite tell what's happening. And then you see another uh, straight shot of the pliers on the table with like blood next to him, but you never see any actual teeth. Where are you going with this? Yeah, what's going on? I guess that it was just unclear cinematography like it, he, he was he was supposed to be being like brutally tortured by having his teeth yanked out of his head and they never actually showed it well that's that's no one i mean a he can't for a p213 film and b i think that he's doing it in a way where with the the trains going also 
the visual metaphor of one train going forward, one going backwards. I think it's very, he's doing this whole thing from the beginning, showing what the film's about. But I think also the fact that you have a clock right there ticking. The guy torturing him being like, oh, it's seven o'clock. Oh no, they're they're running late. We got to turn it back an hour. It's already creating this like sense of like time is, is, is fluid and and it's only way we see time is one direction. So I see what you're saying. And and there, and Nolan also, one of, in some of his films, there's, especially when he's doing action scenes, He's not great at them sometimes, and there's there's confusion. Like even like in, in Dark Knight, you're he's like he's bad at geography. He's he's really yeah he's bad at blocking and action scenes because also yeah. he doesn't I don't think turn enough over to his second unit directors to like have a badass fight scene because like big problem with all the Batman films the fight scenes suck like the hand to hand shit is bad because they had well, to create this whole martial art for the films. Yeah, it's like correct. The, then you watch like the fight scene in Batman a- versus Superman, and it's like that's better because Zack Snyder actually can direct action better than Nolan. He can like. Flat out. No one's a better director than Zack Snyder, but when it comes to action scenes, Snyder knows what he's doing. Bro. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a fucking fact. The most Batman action scene I've ever seen was Batman vs. Superman. I don't like the movie, but it's him fighting the guys in the warehouse. It's because fucking it, awesome. It, because oh, yeah. It's because so it's good. reminiscent of uh, Batman Arkham video game. Yeah. Well, it's that. We talked about it last night. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. very, you know, it's Arkham. It's it's badass. Like, it's just brutal. It's also a kung fu scene. It's it's structured like a you know one guy fighting forty fucking guys. And again, that's a tangent. But um, yeah, I mean, all in all, this film just like I get, watching it again last night. I like it even more. It's a film that I. It's all. It's also a film where I see Nolan just being a hundred percent Nolan, and me not asking him to be anything he's not. You know what I mean? Like, there's something about a filmmaker who's just like, I'm going to do a film that I want to make, and I'm not pretending to do. What a you know common blockbuster does, which I think he kind of shoehorns into some of his other films as like these summer tent poles. And for me, I'm like, cool, because I can watch this for what it is and enjoy it for what it is as this like puzzle box, and then I can go watch a Spielberg film if I want some more character and more and more sentimentality. You know, I can want something more straightforward. I can watch something else. Is that fair? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see this movie in a normal release year. Mm. In terms of like, I feel like it's always going to have an asterisk next to his name because it was released during COVID and was hamstrung by that and then became this, let's say, flashpoint in terms of like distribution to where things changed yeah. after that. Um, because imagine this movie coming out in a normal just summer. Mixed no with other pandemic, films. Yeah, mixed with some Marvel movies, mixed with whatever. To me, like... I this, feel this, like this would, would have came out against Black Widow. Yeah. I feel like we would be couple talking months, about this after. a lot differently where you would already have Tenet versus Black Widow partisans to where it's like the people being like, oh, like Black Widow, it's so feminist and empowering. And then people watching Tenet and being like, I like this because it's a tourist and like directed by a filmmaker and not a committee and not bullshit. But like... um I don't know. It's it's weird because we're always going to look at this movie with a kind of tinted prism. And for me, they were rose tinted glasses because we talked about sure. this. Like it was my first film. It's the that, last movie I saw in theaters. Me too. And it, it was the first I'd seen. I, I it was five months into COVID, I guess at that point. You know and. September it sounds right. Yeah, September. I, sounded, I saw it in October on seventy millimeter. Okay, you went to the uh, Galaxy me, Highland. It was me and my buddy. Only people in the theater. It was still 
fucking weird as shit. Yeah, I went to the Alamo and they had the very set up where like you got scanned and you came in. It was like separated seats and there were like literally like, twenty people in the whole theater. It was like opening night. Um, but it was cool. I mean, I was like, I mean, I felt honestly really nervous the whole time. <laughs> so it was, honestly, I liked it the first time a lot. And then when I finally got to watch it again, I just like, I fucking love this movie. Um, and I watched it like three times in one it's week. Great. So, but again, it's a film, like you said, like for me to like, I won't argue with someone about it. Cause like it's a, it's a complete taste thing. Not saying you have bad taste. It's just, like, you're either in on this movie or not. Yeah. You know? And I, and it's like, again, you get on the train the first five minutes or you don't. And if it's like if it's sticking your craw, again, I have a lot of friends who fucking hate this movie, like hate it or just like I don't get it or they like I get it or like but it's stupid and it's like you said it's masturbatory, it's self-aggrandizing, but I'm like yep, good, fine with me, into it, you know. Cody, any last thoughts? I wanted to like it, I really did. All but right, I, I just could not. Fair enough, guys. It's about as sink as you can put it. There we go. There we go. No minds were changed here. But that's it's okay. Uh, <laughs> that's deal breakers number three. We'll see you next week. Oh. See ya. Alright, you're back.